Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Hope you're having a great week and ready for a great weekend. Let's jump right into this. Um, of course, we got, you know, Amir Khan, Kell Brook, second place tomorrow. That's the big fight of the weekend, the grudge match. Uh, you guys saw the weigh-in. We could talk about that for you weigh-in bros. I know you love to comment about weigh-ins. Um, a lot of people thought that Brooke looked stronger during fight week and during the weigh-in, so we could talk about that. I'm sticking with my prediction. I, I know I, maybe I'll look completely stupid. <laughs> uh, it won't be the first time uh, after this fight, but I'm going with Amir Khan. I don't know why. I just have a gut feel, and I'm going with Amir Khan. So that, that's all I can really say. Uh, but yeah, we got a bunch of you guys already in the comment section. Make sure that you go ahead and click that thumbs up button. Aight. And I want to jump right into this, man. Um, I, I'm going to have a little fun today at one particular reporter's expense, but it's not because I have anything against this person. It's just that the the breaking news stuff, I don't lose any sleep over it. It doesn't annoy me that much. It just makes me kind of laugh. The desperation that people have. But also what I will say is the way that our media is structured now in the news cycle, the way it works now in boxing, it's indicative of all media. It's not just boxing, but it's, it's just very interesting the way these things work. So over the last week or so, uh, Mike Coppinger, who again, Mike Coppinger, I have nothing against as a human being. I've met him a few times. Uh, we've interacted a few times in person and like uh, through text and stuff like that. Uh, nothing. I have nothing against the dude. Seems like a nice guy, whatever. Um, you know, I wouldn't really go to him for boxing expertise for analysis or like if I was a betting man, I wouldn't go for him on like a breakdown of a fight and how I should bet. He is a breaking news guy, right? And he has found a niche for himself in the industry. He's also a guy that does favors and, and has connections. He has friends who has friends. And um, he's been able to work his way up on the the business side of the business, if that makes any sense. Okay, he's a guy that kind of plays the role. All right, he would do very well in Hollywood if he were like a manager or somebody like that uh, of talent. He 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 very much would fit into that world. Okay, I wouldn't call him a boxing guy. I don't even know if he followed boxing 10, 15 years ago. I'm, I'm not sure. He came into the boxing world. Uh, and ultimately to ESPN slash Disney through connections he had, right? So anyway, he, uh, over the last week or so, has tweeted about, you know, kind of what he always does, you know, tweet sources. And he always, he never names the sources. It's always anonymous. Sources, uh, Canelo Alvarez is, is ready to sign a deal to fight. And at first it was uh, with the zone slash match room to fight Bevel and then Golovkin. Then suddenly out of nowhere, PBC, is offering and their deal is a hundred million dollars and it's uh charlo and then benavidez right and then two seconds later it's oh well, he turned down the deal and oh he today he took a shit no oh, there was corn in it and uh oh, tomorrow he's gonna go have uh, enchiladas with his his friend i mean it's just all this shit right and coppinger has gotten it wrong a lot lately because he doesn't talk. Now, sometimes he talks to people directly related to the situation. He will talk to a fighter, a promoter, whoever. But a lot of times he talk, He has an agent that leaks information to him, an agent you know, with, a, with a powerful agency. And Coppinger is signed with a powerful agency. Uh, to, he's repped by a, a pretty powerful talent agency. And there's, there's a person he knows that leaks a lot of information to him. And he has a few of these people, but there's one in particular. 
And so he'll, he'll just report rumors and stuff he hears as news. And he's been called out by uh, promoters before. He's been called out by even other media members kind of lightly. People tread water with that. They don't, they don't want to step too deep in with that. But a lot of promoters and um, even like trainers have called him out. But today, a fighter called him out. And that's happened recently. But it was the number one fighter in the world. And when that's happening, uh, that's that's pretty interesting. So I'm sharing my screen right here. And I, I can't even I can't quote Mike Coppinger's original tweet here because he deleted it. <laughs> but Canelo Alvarez said, uh, I, I didn't even agree to any fight. We're still negotiating. Don't lie to the people. The day I sign the contract, I'll let them know. Right now, there's nothing concrete. And this is what I've been telling you guys for the last week or so related to this situation and many others, right? And I've been trolling with this over the last few days, not just that Coppinger, okay? And again, I want to make it very clear. I have nothing against Mike Coppinger, all right? He does a certain thing that I wouldn't do, but that is his niche. And he has found a way to get paid to make a very good living in this industry doing what he does. And don't get it twisted. He's loving this because his name has been mentioned on every boxing website this week, every podcast uh, every YouTube channel, and I'm talking about him. Not that he gives a shit if I'm talking about him, but you guys get the point. Everyone's talking about him, and Canelo Alvarez retweeted him. When the number one fighter in the world is putting you on blast, he, he's loving this because it's attention, right? It's traffic for him. And ultimately, that's what he's there to do at ESPN. He's not really there to analyze a fight or anything like that. Okay, so I love that Canelo did this. I love that the actual fighter is taking control here and saying, all of you, sit the fuck down and just be patient. When there's something concrete to report, I will do it. This person is lying to you. Nobody in media, nobody in the boxing media will call this out because they're afraid of burning a bridge and down the road it could cost them a job because there's only about a dozen or so people that are heavily connected to the agencies, like the talent agencies, and the network executives, okay? Mainly like the ESPN, the Fox, you know, very powerful entities. There's only about a dozen or so people in all of the American boxing industry, maybe not even that many, that are connected to the people that actually make decisions and can get you a job. Coppinger's one of them. So in that respect, he's a powerful guy. And people in the media don't want to talk about this, right? Even though they talk about it behind his back, all the time. They don't want to put it on record. So I love that Canelo Alvarez just skipped all of that and just put it on blast and said, you're fucking lying. No, nothing's signed. Shut up. So bad to the point where Coppinger had to delete his tweet. Um, he's not the only one who does this. There's a few others. A few others have tweeted things in recent days that uh, are just as false. Okay. But Coppinger is the one I'd say that's the most guilty in recent times. Um, but he's built a, a name for himself doing this. And again, he loves the attention, whether it's positive or negative, because there's no such thing as bad press, right? So this is all good for his brand and what he does. Um, but I, I do love the fighter taking control here. And I wish more people would take charge on in matters like this. Here's the part that I don't like, okay? The way the boxing media is structured now, and again, this is all media, okay? It's not just in boxing. It's it's from political media to all types of sports media, entertainment media, all of it. But sticking with boxing media specifically, Coppinger will tweet something. 
Okay. We're just using him as an example this week because he's the latest example, but it could be anybody. Okay. But he'll tweet something and he'll say, sources, Canelo Alvarez is right, you know, right there about to sign a deal to fight these two guys. Let's say Bevel uh, Golovkin. And it's for X amount of dollars. By the way, those dollar figures, not all the time, but many times they're, they're not accurate anyway. Uh, because it includes incentives and, and upgrades and things like that that are not part of the base salary. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. A lot of times the numbers you guys see in these contracts is fucking bullshit. Be that as it may. He'll tweet something like that. And what happens is, is all the boxing websites will take that and post it as news, including Ring TV. This is something that we do. I don't post these articles. Anytime it's like, hey, who wants to post about this? I just delete. I don't even respond to that shit. I want no part of it. But there's several people on staff who jump right on it. They love tweeting this or uh, writing about this shit. Good for them. Cool. But it's not my thing. But all the boxing sites will post some sort of uh, just quick little article, a few paragraphs. It'll literally be two or three paragraphs sometimes. And it will say, per a tweet by Mike Coppinger. So the source for the article is a tweet with no sources because there's no names everything's anonymous, right? There's no fighter referenced or the fighters are referenced, but in terms of who this, who cop spoke to, right? It's just anonymous sources. And again, it's this agent that leaks info to them or it's sometimes it's other people, whatever. But I think the reason why Canelo is pissed off and why others have been pissed off at him before is stuff like that ruins negotiations because a lot of times, well, let me stick with the media thing. Okay. Let me just stick with one thing at a time. All right. So all the websites will post this as an article, right? And they get their clicks. So all the boxing websites get their clicks. All of the YouTube channel guys post about it. All of the podcasts talk about it because it's Canelo. You're going to get clicks, right? So click, click, click. Everyone's making their money. Boom, boom, boom. And then a day later, a few days later, sometimes it's a week or so later, everything has to be retracted right? And the retraction is usually like, oh, we got this wrong. Sorry. But for days, sometimes weeks, you got fans talking about something that isn't even fucking happening. That isn't even fucking close to being done, right? Sometimes a network executive might hear about negotiations taking place because it might involve their network. They might not even be part of the negotiations, right? But let's use the zone as an example. Somebody at the zone might be aware that an offer was submitted from Matchroom slash the zone to Canelo Alvarez for that two-fight deal with Bevel and Golovkin. And they might talk to somebody, let's say Coppinger, about this. So it doesn't, it's not even somebody that's actually doing the deal. It's not even somebody that's in the rooms sending stuff, emailing, texting, talking on a phone. It's just somebody who works down the fucking hall. It's an assistant of an assistant who knows that's going on, right? Because people talk around the office. And that's who leaks the fucking info, okay? And so it gets around, sources, tweet goes out. Every boxing website tweets this as news, and their source is a tweet. Their source isn't a statement from a promoter or fighter it's a fucking tweet that says sources. So it's a tweet with no fucking sources. <laughs> like There's no source to the news that's being posted. All of the podcasts, all of the YouTube channels talk about this shit, blah, 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 blah. Then you find out it's all for nothing, right? 
and people will ask me, well, Mike, what do you think about this negotiation? And I'll be like, there is none. It's a fucking rumor. You want me to give my opinion on a fight, a possible fight? Sure. I'll give my opinion. We could do uh, mythical matchmaking and stuff. Sometimes that's fun. It's just like a pound for pound list or whatever. That's cool. But as far as negotiations, there's nothing I can tell you on the record. I've heard the same shit everybody else in the business has heard, but I'm not going to fucking tweet about it and pretend like I know something other people don't. Now, there are times where I have spoken directly to people involved in a negotiation, and I do have information that is very relevant to a potential fight being put together, but I'm not going to put that on record because I don't want to betray the relationship I have with certain people. Uh, because again, it's not an assistant of an assistant, some kid fetching fucking coffee for somebody. It's the person doing the negotiating, or at least one of them. I don't want to ruin that relationship. So I'm not going to tweet about it until it's on record. You know what I'm saying? And so when I talk to people, I ask, is this on record or off record? Okay, cool. All right, I'll keep it secret. All good. And that's why people call me and talk to me and tell me things. Um, sometimes, what I was going to get to a minute ago, Sometimes a promoter or a couple promoters will be going back and forth and a promoter or a manager who's representing their fighter, right? They'll be negotiating with two or three different entities. And when one of those, when something gets leaked that, oh, they're really going to sign with this guy, that could really fuck up their negotiation. That could mess up what they're trying to do. And that's why some of you've seen like someone like Bob Arum and they've ripped Coppinger, a new asshole, like at, at different times, right? And not just him. Again, I have to say, not just him. But a lot of now, also at times, promoters are very, very savvy and they will use people to leak information that they know will be tweeted out as part of a negotiation. So uh, some promoters and savvy managers and such use guys like Coppinger and Boxing Twitter to manipulate negotiations in their favor, too. All of this is part of the sausage being made, right? And I just try not to get too excited about any of it because I've been burned before. I've, I've, there are situations in the past where I recognize that I was kind of used to leak information out there uh, as part of a negotiation. And what I talked about publicly never came to fruition. I was made to look foolish. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing this again. So that's why I don't do what COP does. Um, so, anyway. Let's check these. Uh, we got a couple. Uh, we got a couple super chat posts, and I want to check these out. And then we'll talk some more about this. But let's see, Aaron with the super chat. Thank you so much, my man. He says, uh, "Yo, Mike, nice to see George's homecoming set for early June. Convince me to make the two-hour flight to Melbourne and all the masking nonsense when I know better than anyone. It's all theater." Well, look, I, I don't want to get into politics because everybody will get all butt hurt and upset. I would say, um, you know, if you're in Australia, um, that's probably one worth going to because when it's all said and done with the, I, I, I'm not at liberty to discuss detail. I'm glad actually you brought that fight up because this is an example. Those of you who follow me on Twitter, and I'll answer your question here in a second, but quick tangent. Uh, you saw me tweet. I want to say maybe it was last week. Maybe it was this week. I can't, it all blurs together. But I tweeted, uh, Devin Haney's team does not want the George Cambosos fight. And some of the Haney defenders shit down my throat and people said all kinds of nasty stuff. And But a lot of people, well, not a lot, but there was a few that were like, uh, well, how do you know? 
And I'm like, I can't really say. <laughs> I can't really say publicly. But trust me, I, I know some things. Um, they don't want the fucking fight. At least not in Australia. At least not to the point where they're willing to make concessions to get it done. They're not making anywhere near the level of concessions Lomachenko is willing to make to make the damn fight. Loma seems much hungrier to make that fight. For what it's worth, Cambosos would fight Haney, Lomachenko. He'd even fight Garcia, but he views Garcia as a downgrade at this point. And I don't think he means that disrespectfully. He just wants to fight the best guys. He'd fight Tang Davis right now. He'd fight them all. Okay. He's not afraid to fight anybody. Uh, but on the other side, I think Lomachenko and his people are totally comfortable going to Australia to fight. They've been fighting in foreign lands, quote unquote, for their entire career. Haney and his people, is it Devin Haney himself necessarily? I never said that. I met his team, okay? Their collective team does not want the fucking fight. And I can say that with confidence. Now, that can change. Maybe they will change their mind, but based on everything I know to this point, and I have talked to more than one person directly related to that situation, I can promise you all right now, his team does not want that fucking fight. They do not want to travel to Australia and fight George Cambosos there. Don't want it, okay? Trust me. Anyway, uh, so there's an instance where I could have said, sources, it's going to be Lomachenko. I never said that. All I've said to you guys on my show and stuff is in my humble opinion, take it for what it's worth. I just have a hunch. I would bet, I would, if I had to bet, I would bet that it's going to be Cambosos and Lomachenko in Australia this summer. That's all I've said, okay? <clears throat> anyway, Aaron, um, yes, listen, man, a two-hour flight, deal with the masking bullshit, deal with all the nonsense, and the you know damn well thousands of people in that stadium are going to take their damn mask off, just like everyone did at the fucking Super Bowl here in Los Angeles, the epicenter of wackiness, where insanity meets the sea. That's Los Angeles, right? Um, everybody took their damn mask off. Even the, the mayor and the politicians that were there and stuff like that, they all took them off. You're probably going to be able to take your mask off when you go there. Maybe by June, all that will be lifted. Even if you had to wear a mask the whole time, that's going to be an experience for you guys, man. I, I say go. I say go. Thank you for the super chat. And then we got another one here from Drew. Thank you so much, Drew. He says, um, they aggregate capture tweets like NBA does Woj. Yeah, yeah, you, you're, pretty, you're right. He, he's one of those corporate guys. And again, I'm not trying to diss him, but it's just the truth, man. It just is what it is. <clears throat> oh, we got G Funky on the, in, in the chat. What's up, G Funky? How you doing, man? Uh, let's see. <laughs> Chad says, Mike, you're not a thirsty bitch. <laughs> well, it depends. If we're at the bar and there's good beer on tap, eh, I'm a thirsty bitch, but that's a different kind of thirsty. I see what you did there. I see what you did there, Chad. Uh, G Fuggy said, uh, Devin told me, uh, told on himself when he tweeted, I'll take whatever Loma is taking. Yeah, man. Look, this it's all theater, guys. It's all theater. And look, if if you enjoy tweeting about the shit and and getting excited and, and talking about the rumors, I get it. If if I can make a humble suggestion to my colleagues in boxing media, I would say when you report this shit, it should be under a different section of your site because there's like an editorial section, a news section, fight results, you know, all that kind of stuff. This should be under rumors. This should just be called rumors, and that's where you post this stuff. Cool. 
then you're at least telling the truth about it. This is just a rumor. A, a dude who sits on the phone all day tweeting to people and, and texting and chatting with people heard a rumor that this fight's being negotiated. Boom. You can put it there, right? And that's what cop is. And again, I'm not saying that disrespectfully. That's what he is. He's not a fighter. He's not a promoter. He's not a network guy. He doesn't know. He's not in the rooms. He's not doing the negotiating. Now, cop has broke news before where he has spoken directly to a promoter or uh, an advisor, a fighter, whoever. That's different. Okay. That is very different. But when it comes to breaking news, guys, it, is it really that important anymore? And this is something I've talked about all the time, but does anybody remember who broke the news that Canelo and Golovkin were fighting? Does anybody really remember who the first person was to tweet about it? Anybody? Does anybody remember who was the first person to tweet about, I don't know, Chocolatito and Estrada, their rematch? I mean, do, do you guys remember that? Or do you just remember the fucking fight? Nobody remembers who the first person is. Everyone's so desperate to get clicks. They're so thirsty to get clicks. Get your clicks, homie. I do a show Monday. I do a show Friday. I follow a certain format. Sometimes we address rumors, sometimes, but I'll call it what it is. But for the most part, we talk about actual news. We review what actually happened. We preview what's actually coming up. And then we have phone conversations. That's what we do. And I don't get as many clicks as some of these other guys. I don't give a shit. It's not, that's not why I'm doing it. Right. So I, I don't know. The desperation is what cracks me up. CJ Duncan in the house with the super chat. Thank you, CJ. He says, which phrase is most overused in boxing? He Duncan verse at the end of the day, salute MOB. I would say by boxing fans, he Duncan by fighters during post-fight interviews at the end of the day. That's what I would say. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day is one of those phrases I used to use. And then I caught myself and I'm like, I'm saying this too damn much. Because, you know, I'm talking to my wife. You know, at the end of the day, I like creamy peanut butter better than chunky. Like, what? So I I, I caught myself saying it. And now I um, stop myself. If I hear myself about to say it, I stop. And I use a different expression. That is what I do. Um James Hunt, Watergate source was secret for how long? <laughs> Aaron says, uh, let's see, when Lobochenko was at 126, 130, it was, oh, I guess you're responding to somebody else. Uh, you thought he would win, but at 135, you see him getting hit a lot. Yeah, and he's just slowing down. He's fighting bigger guys. That's just what happens. <clears throat> George, Mike, you broke the news about Adelaide Bird having a dodgy card. Oh, dude, that's a great example. Not that this is about me, but okay, because my Canelo Golovkin example, I'm just thinking of the last really big fight that was like a real boxing fans kind of fight, right? Um, like diehard boxing fans, big fucking fight. That was like the Super Bowl for diehard fight fans. Who do you guys, what do you guys remember more? Who broke that story that that fight was going to happen or me sticking it to, Bob Bennett afterwards. I guarantee I still get beers bought for me today at fights because people come, yo, you're the guy that, that slammed the commission for those shitty scorecards. Dog, that was the shit. I've got you a beer. I still get free beers for that. Okay. Nobody remembers who the fuck broke the news that that fight was happening, but people remember that. There you go. Boom. That's why I don't give a shit about breaking news. 
Uh, Mitch said, I heard a rumor that Nacho was going to call in soon. <laughs> Nacho says, I can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, Toreen says, Mike Montero uh, better than Mike Cobbinger. Look, look, I'm not saying that. Mike Cobbinger makes more money than me, and he is well-connected, but he is a guy that plays the game. You guys know that I, I, I've dabbled in uh, Hollywood and I've done like some acting roles and some stunt roles on different um, soap operas and shit. And I kind of did some of that stuff for fun on the side. I kind of walked backwards into it and I've had opportunities to do more of it at different times, but I can't be one of those people. I just can't do, I wish I could. I wish I could be one of those industry kind of people, but I just can't do it. And I have the talent to, to, to be in that business and to, to do that stuff. Um, and in, in boxing, I feel I could do it all. I feel ringside commentary, uh, editorial uh, reporting, deadline reporting, any of it, radio stuff. I feel like I can compete with anybody. I really do. Not because I'm arrogant, but because I'm confident. But I can't be one of those industry kind of people. The cool thing about boxing is I am still able to be myself and work in the business. Boxing is still real and raw enough of a sport where that's allowed. But like the NFL, the NBA, like all this other stuff, you guys look at who covers those sports. Yeah, a lot of them are former players and stuff that are doing like the commentary, but they are all, they're industry people. They're bought and paid for and they're playing the game, you know, and there's not an organic thought shared by any of them. They are all, um, it's like cookie cutter. They're all very cookie cutter and think and feel and, and speak the exact same way. I ain't built like that. Deed with the super chat. Thank you so much, Deed. He said, boxing is like, when when's the next purse bid now? Yeah, dude. Dude, that's so right. When's the next purse bid? Um, you know, actually this week, Al Bernstein tweeted, and Al's totally positive when it comes to boxing, right? Because he works in the industry. And he's an in industry guy, even though it's not necessarily his background. Um, he plays that role and he does it very well. And he's one of the best in the business. I really enjoy Al's commentary. I think he's great, very knowledgeable, but even he tweeted this week, um, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, there's no fights going on right now. So fans are talking more about the business of the sport than actual fights. And maybe that's the issue more than anything, um, to your point deed and to Al's point. And this is something, of course, I've talked about a lot. These fighters, like a superstar like Canelo fights once or twice a year in this era. There's no stay busy fights. I mean, last year he did, but because he only fights once or twice a year and like, dude, we're in February. We're the second month of the year in. And, you know, I actually, I wanted to do this. Let's go to the pound. I want to go to the pound for pound list and see who actually has a fight scheduled. I'm not talking even talking about they fought yet because it's only February. I want to know who has a fight scheduled. So we're going to do that. But because these guys don't fight enough, people are talking about purse bids and ratings and pay-per-view buys. And this is the shit that fans argue about in this era because there's so few fights. But so I'm looking here. Okay, I'm on rings pound for pound list. Canelo still mulling it over, right? Or mull, mulling over the, the possibilities. Is that the right worst of the uh, is that the right use of the word? I don't know. Mull over, mulling over. I think so. Alexander Usyk, it's like we know who he's going to fight, but it's not done yet. He's going to fight AJ, not done yet. Terrence Crawford, he is in, he's just floating out in space right now. We have no idea what the hell's up with him. In a way, we don't know what's up with him. 
Uh, Josh Taylor, we know that he has a mandatory defense against Catterall. And then after that, we really don't know. Spence is supposed to fight Ugas. It's not, uh, we have a date and everything, but it's probably going to be on Fox pay-per-view. Um, and then Estrada, uh, Lomachenko, maybe he gets uh, the fight with Cambosos. We don't know. Ioka, Tyson Fury. With, so look, two guys out of the 10 have, an, uh, have a fight that is officially on the books right now. Okay. Uh, it, it, that That's not good, dude. These guys need to get fights and need to sign them. And it's got to be official. Even if like Canelo doesn't fight till May, if it's official now, we know who he's fighting. Well, then you could start building it and fans can start talking about that matchup instead of sources. Canelo is drinking cappuccino this morning. You know, what does this mean? Like, that's what people are talking about. If he actually had a fight and it was on the schedule, then people could start talking about that matchup, right? That's the problem. These dudes just are not fighting enough. All right, let's, um, we got Nacho on the line right here. Let's bring him on the show because uh, he's been waiting for a minute. He called in early, so he's I, he's definitely got some opinions on this. All right, Nacho, you're on. What's up, man? Nothing much, Mike. Uh, just listening here. Um, I agree with a lot of the stuff he said as far as like these dudes spend more time <clears throat> arguing about, you know, the ancillary stuff outside of boxing versus fights being made. And I agree. I wish guys fought more often, but unfortunately we're in this time period right now where guys are not fighting more than twice a year. If that, and it just sucks. It's kind of annoying mm-hmm. to say the least as a boxing fan, it, it's tough to deal with sometimes, but you know, you just got to roll with it. I think eventually guys will start to be more active, but for the time being, yeah, it's just, it's, it's kind of tough to deal with, you know, seeing guys perform twice a, a year. That's pretty tough. Um, I just wanted to touch on a couple of things really quick. Um, the, uh, you were talking about the whole, uh, Camboso saga with everybody that, uh, kind of was crapping on you for, the whole Haney fiasco. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was kind of hilarious that his dad actually had the, the balls to say that if the fight was made in the U.S., they could sell out a stadium because yes. his son was involved in the fight. And I was like, really? I was like, this dude couldn't even sell out the Michelob Arena in Las Vegas where he lives. And I'm supposed to believe that he could sell out a fucking stadium fighting Camboso? Right. Come on. Like at that point, at that point, I just couldn't believe anything that was coming out of their mouths, you know? So yeah. I, I believed from jump that they never wanted that fight in Australia. They only wanted that fight if it could take place in the U.S. They just refused to travel. And now that Loma has basically swooped in and looks like he's going to get the fight, now all of a sudden they're trying to save face by claiming that, you know, that Cambosos never wanted the fight, that he ducked them, blah, blah, blah. But it's all BS. We could see. A lot of us who follow the sport can see that it was all nonsense. And then uh, with the uh, fights that are happening tomorrow, Mike, I'm sure you saw the weigh-in with uh, Brooke and uh, and Khan. Yeah. Um, I was very surprised that Brooke made weight, the contracted catchweight that they had, and he didn't look like he was dried out or it looked like he killed himself to make that weight. So I was really shocked at that point because normally – he looks like he struggles to cut to 47. And the fact that he actually made that catchway with no problem, he looks solid. So 
you know, uh, we'll see uh, how he responds tomorrow night. Uh, I'm just curious to see how these guys, uh, you know, look in the ring against each other, even though um, both guys are past it and, you know, maybe it'll be entertaining, but, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, I also wanted to tell the, the guys in the chat and everybody who listens, the Linares, uh, Abdul Mayev fight, uh, that's taking place tomorrow. It's actually being picked up on ESPN plus as well. Mm. So people will be able to watch it, uh, and see what happens there. Cause I mean, it is an eliminator for Haney's belt. So I'm curious to see, mm. you know, who wins that fight and do they get a shot at him? Uh, if they win that fight. So, you know, just letting the guys know. And then, uh, with the card that's going on with, um, in, uh, Tijuana with, uh, Munguia, Man, I'm a little worried, Mike. Uh, I saw uh, Steve Kim was reporting on Twitter that he had heard that uh, Munguia didn't look good and he thought something was wrong with him as far as like him weighing in today. And then I went on there and I looked myself and uh, there was actually uh, a video someone posted on Twitter where right after the weigh-in, Munguia sitting in a chair sucking down um, you know, a really big bottle of water and they're kind of fanning him to kind of help him, like, recover, I guess, from having, you know, made weight. So, And then right after a couple of minutes of sitting in the chair, he ends up lying down on the floor, and then his team pick him up off the floor and then escort him out of the venue where mm. the weigh-in took place. So, yeah, I'm a little worried about that now because I thought if he comes in shape and nothing's wrong, he should be Ballard, who... I think it's a decent fighter, but I don't think he's better than, than Jaime. But now the tables might have tilted a little bit in Ballard's favor because if Munguia had issues making weight, ugh, that's not a good look for him. And I'm I'm going to be really focused in on that fight to see how he looks tomorrow night because, I mean, he can rehydrate all he wants, but if he killed himself to make 60, oh, man, that, that's going to be a long night uh, for him. And then... um there was one other um, tidbit of news that uh, I was I saw earlier that I was um, uh, interested in talking about. Um, I'm trying to think. For this week, well, like, was, is it the heavyweights fighting? There's yeah. a couple heavyweights. No, no, no. It's not a. It's not an actual fight. It was okay. just a piece of news relating to somebody. I was trying to remember who it was because. Um, I saw it and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, oh, no, wait. It wasn't a piece of news. Sorry. I just wanted to bring up one fight on the undercard of the Munguia um, mm -hmm. fight tomorrow night. William Zapata is a prospect that I've watched recently, and I really like the kid, and he's fighting on that undercard. And I think that that dude could legitimately be a problem for anybody at 35. And I hope that at some point he becomes a mandatory for a title shot because none of these guys are going to want to get in there with him and fight him um, of their own volition. I think it's going to take him getting into a mandatory spot in order to, um, to get into, you know, a title shot. Cause the kid is huge and lightweight and he's just an offensive machine. He throws punches for days and he's entertaining to watch. So I, I really hope that, uh, you know, guys, if they're watching the card tomorrow, they pay attention to him. And he puts on a, a really good show, um, you know, regarding that. And then also, too, um, the uh, other thing I was bringing up was um, 
Uh, oh yeah, the boots, the boots, uh, Castillo fight. What do you think of that fight, Mike? With Jaron Ennis, his next fight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is that did they, is that an eliminator? Did they make that an eliminator? Yeah, they said it's been. Yeah, it's for an IBF eliminator. Yeah. So the IBF champ right now is Spence, right? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. I don't think I. I just can't see Spence or the winner between him and Ugas fighting Ennis at all. I don't see that happening. So I think Ennis is going to be the IBF champ within about a year. That's what I would predict. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Castillo fight? Because I haven't. No, no, I haven't. Oh. I can't say I have. Oh, okay, yeah. Because I have no idea. Like, I've never seen a fight of his, and I'm just wondering how he got into an eliminator against Boots. But, I mean, some people are saying he's good. Some people are saying he's just a guy. So, yeah, I don't know. All right, Mike. Well, that's my call. All right, man. Have a good one, Nacho. Have a good weekend, right, man. Thanks. You too. Thanks, you too. Yeah, I haven't seen Castillo fight. Trey in the chat says, that concrete, Mike. Man, guys, so... uh <laughs> My master bathroom, the shower started leaking, right? And it was a walk-in shower. We haven't done anything to it. It's the only thing in our house we haven't changed. It was original. Well, not original, but the previous owners did it. Started leaking water. Fucked up my wood floors just, just outside of it. So I had to break up all the damn tile, everything this week. There was a bench in there. I had to rip all that shit out. It's been a, oh, it's been a nightmare. And now I'm having to jackhammer under the concrete to get under the drain and the P-trap and all that shit to get down there because we have to redo all that. We found the leak. They didn't even put a pan underneath the damn shower. I don't want to get too technical with this shit, but they didn't line it. They didn't put a pan down there, nothing. So the water was hitting the bench and leaking behind it because they didn't install that correctly. It's been a nightmare. So I've been jackhammering fucking concrete (laughs) the last 24 hours. Trey knows because we were talking about it last night. And he made an inappropriate joke about my jackhammering, but we won't share that here. <laughs> All right. So you guys see the weigh-in video. Uh, we could talk about that if you want to. One of you guys asked about my uh, my acting stuff. Here, I want to show you something real quick. Um, let me pull this up. Check this out. Here's the kid on uh, – is this – Young and the Restless. <laughs> I was an abusive cop and I beat this kid up. <laughs> so I don't have all these clips. I just have a few clips, but um, this is just one little clip. I, I don't even, I've never watched the show, but I think I was on like four episodes of this. I was on like three episodes of Days of Our Lives. And then I, I did a bunch of stuff where, um, oh, this is a pilot I did ultimately this show, but they, they took it and recast it with all different people. Uh, it was on FX, but um, I did a, a bunch of different stuff uh, where I did stunts. And um, that was a lot of fun. But some of that stuff, it doesn't really get credited, but you still get paid. You get paid. So, but yeah, I, I got a few clips of some stuff here. You guys could check this out. Uh, um, let's see. I want to make sure I haven't missed anything here in the chat. Michael Mendiola mentioned that uh, Jaime Mugia always struggles to make weight. Oh, here's uh, this is Days of Our Lives, right? I, I, I was played like an abusive prison guard. I'm always like an asshole that beats people. <laughs> and I'm just when uh, when we were doing the this scene, I was punching like too fast, 
Because they were like, you know, punch him. And by the way, this old man, you can't see him, but there's another old guy over there that's my boss. Um, that guy. That is the dude who does the voice for the Chester Cheetah in the Chester Cheetah commercial, the Cheetos commercials. I didn't really know that till I met him. But um, I had to like slow down. It'd be more goonish with my fight fighting here. <laughs> I get electrocuted to death. <laughs> but uh, I had to fake die too. But th those stunts were fun. But I was like punching too fast and too straight. They're like, Mike, you have to go like this. You have to like wing your punch and be really slow and telegraph it and make it real big. And so there was all this, you know, I had to like slow everything down. And I'm like, really? This looks so fucking fake. But that's that's how they do it on movies or at least on soap operas. Yeah. But anyway, Mindiola, who has been connected to that camp. All right. So he knows guys in that camp. He's seen Jaime struggle to make weight. He's also seen some other stuff go on with Jaime. I ain't going to talk about here, but Jaime's had some health issues before. Um, hopefully he'll be okay. Oh, there's me and Army Wives. <clears throat> Army Wives. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that show. Steve, title bomb with the super chat. Thank you so much, my man. He says, uh, so who is Canelo fighting? He is going to fight Tyson Fury. Sources tell me. He will fight Tyson Fury. And um, it's going to be at a catch weight of 126 pounds. That's what I heard. And it's going to be an ESPN pay-per-view. Here's me on House of Pain, uh, Tyler Perry's House of Pain. I was a cop. If I shave and like, I'm a, I'm a good cop. But if I like have a five o'clock shadow or whatever, I'm a bad cop. I'm always a cop or, or like a thug or something. <laughs> it's because I'm 6'4", you know. <clears throat> G Funky says, uh, my grandmother used to watch Days of Our Lives. Oh, here I am in a Spanish soap opera. I'm Carlos, and I die in this soap opera. Uh, I get murdered and thrown in a trunk. And um, they were giving me the lines. Oh, God, here's a student film I did. Where I'm doing MMA shit. This is gay as hell. But um, I, uh, they were giving me the lines to do, and I was doing them with, like, an Italian inflection. And they had to explain like, hey, you know, inflect here instead of there, because I was kind of changing it. And then one of the people says, you talk like you're from Argentina, the way you speak the Spanish. And I'm like, well, yeah, there's a lot of Italian people there. So let's just go with that. And uh, so that's what we did. And it worked. Anyway, I, um, yeah, I get killed and thrown in the trunk. <laughs> and I was called Nuestro Barrio, Nuestro Barrio. That's what that's what that's what that show was called. So I was only in one episode of that because I got killed. <laughs> I got some more TV clips and stuff. I got um, I've been in some national commercials. Um, I, I did a University of Phoenix. That was another Spanish language one where I was officer officer Reyes. I was officer Reyes in that. And then um, I've done some print ad stuff like billboards and magazines and stuff. I did a lot of that kind of stuff back in the day, and I made some good cash doing that shit um i just haven't done it like in years because as my boxing profile grew i just don't have the time i actually i i still have a manager that i talk to sometimes and they um they're like mike can i submit you for this can i submit you for that and i'm like i'm just not ready dude I, i'm doing too much stuff here in um with boxing because you know there's stuff going on here in atlanta maybe in another year or two once i'm completely finished with this house and things are settled, you know, um, me and my wife have some things planned out. Maybe once things settle down, I'll get back into it. But yeah, for years, I did that stuff before I ever, before my profile in boxing grew, 
but now I'm so busy doing boxing work. I don't have time to do acting shit. I just don't. And that industry, oh, the people. <laughs> I've met some wonderful people and I, I still have some good friends in the business that I talk to all the time. And these are names you would know, okay? Uh, mostly behind the camera, but some in front of the camera. But these, I mean, some of these dudes have Oscars in their house and shit, you know? And we hang out at their house and watch football games and stuff. There's a fucking Oscar or Emmy or whatever sitting on their, their mantle of the fireplace, you're right? These are real ass dudes. Um, but we talk, you know, and they're actually normal people, a handful of them, but they can't talk normal at work. We have to keep it privately, you know? So, um, but yes, there's several people and there's a couple people I've thought about bringing on the show and we've talked about it and I just haven't gotten around to it, but a couple of my actor friends, maybe I'll bring on, uh, just to talk a little bit of boxing. Cause I think you guys will get a kick out of that. All right, let's jump over to the phones. And we got a couple of UK callers. This is uh, seven eight seven. You are on. Let's go. With, what's up? Hello, Mike. Yes. Hello. Uh, hi, Mike. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First time caller. Uh, fairly long time listener. Last couple of years. Um, well, yes. Yeah, first off, first, yeah. First time caller. So, um, well, really appreciate uh, you know your sort of unbiased opinion. So, yeah. Thank really you. Enjoyed listening over the last couple of years. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Cool. Um, yeah, just a couple of points I wanted to touch on. I hope some of them aren't too left field, but um, just uh, Nacho mentioned um, uh, earlier in the show about uh, William Zepeda uh, on the undercard of the Mungia right. card to tomorrow night. Um, yeah, I, I first saw him just um, you know a couple of fights ago, and yes, second what Nacho says, really, really exciting fighter. Uh, really looking forward to seeing, you know, uh, how his career goes. Uh, have you, uh, do you know much about him or what are your thoughts on him as a prospect at 135? I've seen him fight a couple times. I think I, I saw him fight um, Hector Tanahara. That was, um, he's had a couple mm -hmm. fights, actually he's had a few fights in LA, but I remember the Tanahara fight. Um, I'm just pulling up his record here and showing it on the screen for everybody. But um Southpaw to Mexico, five foot nine, 69 inch reach, uh, 25 years old. I, th I want to say my, my friend Steve Kim actually tweeted about him recently too, saying he's going to be one of those guys, kind of like a Jerron Boots Ennis, that is going to have to use the sanctioning body system to become a mandatory, probably to get a title shot because he's going to be avoided. Yeah, he's it's just got a really exciting style, and uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of people weren't expecting him to to do so well against Tanahara, mm -hmm. and but he, well, he just completely bossed him. So um, yeah, that was a sort of eye, eye opener for me. Um, yeah, so um, look forward to that. Probably more more than the he's, he's not fighting a very good opponent tomorrow. From yeah, it's more of a stay busy, summer. stay busy type of fight. He's fighting a guy that's sure. got an undefeated record, but I'm pulling up his record and oof, it's pretty bleak. Yeah. So this, and this also will be sure. his fight. This uh, opponent, Yarel Cesar is out of uh, Costa Rica and almost all of his fights have been in Costa Rica. This is his first fight in Mexico. So you can see he's being brought in as an opponent. Look good. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, looking forward to that nonetheless. But um, 
you, you brought up the uh, sort of the pound for pound uh, list earlier, or was it the ring ratings? And not many of them have got fights scheduled. I mean, Inoue uh, is one of my favourite fighters uh, of the last few years, and I'm getting a bit a bit concerned about the way his career's gone since the Donair fight. Um, yeah. Has he got um, the rematch with Donair? Is that nailed on yet, or is that still? As far as I know, no, it, nothing is um, 100% official or, or dialed in yet, but I'm with you. I, I think, you know, I'm really disappointed since Inouye signed with top rank. I think they just have not done a very good job with him and they need to really, really step it up because, uh, and I understand there there is, you know, a global pandemic and he was stuck in Japan for a while, but they have not done a very good job promoting him. And he needs to be busy this year. He should fight three times this year. Yeah, well, because, yeah, I think he's been, he's only fought a couple of times in the last couple of years, which yes. is, yeah, it's not it's not good. He's coming up, I think he's at his peak now. And that, you know, it worries me to see a, a talent as like that. It's probably the most exciting fighter in the, you know, top three pound for pound. And he's just not, it's almost going to waste. I completely agree with you. And it's something I talk about, you know, I, I criticize with a lot of American fighters, but here's an example of a Japanese fighter that's been very inactive recently. And after, you know, look, after that Donaire fight, he was injured and he had to heal from his injuries. So I can understand why he was out of the ring for a while, but the last year or so, it, it just has not been good. And I really, really think he should have a fight scheduled already. Schedule something just to keep him busy and get him back in the ring and maybe build to the Donia rematch toward the end of the year. I'd be totally fine with that. That's for sure. Yeah, no, here's hoping. Um, yeah, so I, I haven't got too much else to say, but I mean, I, I know there's um, over in the UK where, where I'm from, there's there's quite a bit of hype about the uh, Khan Brook fight tomorrow. Mm. I mean, me personally, I, I'm quite, you know, a big boxing fan. I'm not really into it as a sort of a purist. I think, obviously a fight that should have happened about 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I could see, you know, it's going to be, it probably will be quite entertaining. And uh, I think you mentioned on your uh, show the other week that uh, you were talking about the pay-per-view model saying, you know, it's a bit different over here in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I, I think was your point that um, it's basically, you know, this is going to be quite a popular event. Yes, um, totally that's going to do big that. numbers um, over there. Yeah, I, I suppose the, the thing there is because um, I'm not quite sure what the, the exchange rate is, but uh, this fight's going for £20, which is maybe that's about $25, 25 30 25 to $30 so, over here, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, typically at the moment, uh, you know, you, you're having, we, we have the zone over here now as well, so we don't have... We might have one or two pay-per-views a month, but they're always in that sort of price range. Okay. Yeah. And the way that the the price is better over there, and then the way that the revenue is whacked up between the different parties is is also different. Here, the bulk of the money goes to the pay-per-view provider, the cable company that's uh, putting on the event. So, um, you know, that... I think that's part of why the price is so high over here because a large portion of it doesn't go to the promotion and that affects the price. Yeah. 
That's cool. But um, no, that's that's all I've got. I've got Mike. I thought, uh, as I say, first time caller, sort of long time listener over over the past couple of years, and uh, keep keep up the good work. Really, I'll try, I'll try and call in uh, uh, again sometime. Thank you. Sounds good. And uh, have a good weekend over there. Enjoy the fight. Yeah. Cheers, Mike. Right, cheers. You guys, I, I put on that Zapata Tanahara fight because I remember this. I couldn't remember what undercard it was on, but it was. Uh, that Ramirez Barrera undercard. And the cool thing about this um, card is I remember they put it in that new football stadium in LA, not American football. I'm talking global football. Uh, I'm trying to think who, who plays there. I can't remember uh, who, but it, it, it's that new stadium right off the 110. And um, I, unfortunately I've been there for like presser events, but I have not been there for an actual fight yet. So that's on the bucket list. Cause uh, they they started doing fights there right after I left L.A. So got to get to a fight out there. Uh, Super Chat Pledge from J&M. Thank you so much. He says, howdy, Mike. Do you think Kel Brook has underachieved in his professional boxing career? I've always been a big fan of Kel. Thanks, buddy. You know, it's, 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 it's how you look at it. Um, he went for some people when he when he stepped up to fight. Golovkin when Chris Eubank fell out. Some people looked at it like he was just going for the payday, just kind of being a mercenary and just trying to get that money because the, the, the deal was worked out. So he got that big paycheck to fight Golovkin. Other people look at it like he was going for glory and, and trying to do something great. Now, unfortunately he suffered irrevocable damage in that fight. He's never been the same. So his career after that, it's just been tough, man, because uh, there's the Errol Spence thing. And, you know, Spence caught him uh, coming off of reconstructive surgery, coming back down in weight, 13 pounds. So I think, you know, a lot of that was Spence getting him at the right place, right time. Um, But I wouldn't say underachieved. I would say he made a business decision that altered the rest of his career. He made significant money, though, in that fight, in the Spence fight, and now he's going to make a significant amount of money here uh, in the Amir Khan fight. So in that respect, he's done well, and he's going to—he's a fan favorite over there. He's always going to be received well. I think if he wanted to get in the commentary and stuff like that, he could. Um, he's had kind of a crazy personal life, though. He's into some, into some weird shit, <laughs> stuff that, hey, do your thing, homie. Just not, it's not, not well, not what I'm into. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Mindiola says, Bank of California Stadium. That's right, man. What team plays there, Mike? Is it LA United or something? Like, I can't think of what team plays there. And then he says he saw Navarrete de Vaca there. I remember that one. They've had a few events there. And it seems like it's a cool venue to check out a fight out there. And it's like right down the street from where I used to live, just south of downtown, um, kind of off the 10 and the 110. I was like, that was like kind of close to like USC. That's where I lived, man. I, I lived right near there. And um, th- my gym that I trained at was right around there too. So kind of move, going toward, you know, the south end of town. Um, so that's a, it just seems like a cool venue. All right, let's jump to another call real quick. We'll go to another UK caller. 777, you're on. What's going on? 
How you doing there, Mike? It's Nigel from Nottingham. How you doing? Nigel, what's up, man? I'm good, thank you, man. Good, thank you, man. Just chilling watching Terminator 2, which is one of those rare films where you could argue that it's better than the original. Terminator 2? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think Terminator 2 is definitely a top five sequel of all time. You have to put it top five. Yeah. Yeah. I I would. I would. I would. But there with a Rocky 2 as well for me. Yep. 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 Godfather 2. Aliens. Yeah. I'll put aliens up yeah, there. Definitely aliens. What else yeah. are we what's the uh, fifth yeah, truth, one? Truth, truth, okay. truth, um oh fuck. Uh um let go, damn. There's another one. It's like right there, right? And we're just missing it. Because you're there right. Is. I'm just trying to Terminator think 2 is better than Terminator. Aliens is better than Alien. Yeah. Godfather 2 is yeah. better than Godfather. Yeah. Shit. What's I the other think, one? I can't. Oh, damn it. Ah, uh, it's annoying me. No. I was going to say Kill Bill, but I don't know. I don't know. The first one's pretty goddamn awesome. But I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Anyway, um, that's going to bug me. But anyway, that's good. Yeah. I'll yeah, think about it and just like tweet you. Ah, and there's a fucking tip of my thumb trap thing, yeah. But anyway, I wanted to call out and check, um, with regards to the... Um, oh, dude, the it looks like my stream call. just got cut. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah, we're still on the line, but I think my YouTube got cut because I was showing that fight on the zone. But if it's on the zone, really? I should be able to share it. Yeah. They just cut my stream. Damn. Wow. That sucks. Well... Should, should we continue? Or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, we could just chat. It's just us. <laughs> but they okay. they cut me. Man, what the hell? Because um, what's interesting? People are in the chat, and they're still talking. So what the hell? Wow. Can, are, do you have the YouTube pulled up or no? No, I don't at the moment. Okay. But I can in a sec. Yeah. Let's have a, let's have a That's crazy. Oh. oh wait, I think I'm back now. Okay. I think I think I'm back. Maybe, I don't, YouTube just maybe they heard me when I said first you YouTube. Oh, <laughs> Nige fixed it. Yeah, yeah man, I was out for like five minutes. Guys, I'm talking to Nigel here on on the phone, and we're talking about fucking movie sequels, and then the fucking picture goes out. I don't know what happened, but anyway, Nigel fixed it from the UK. He fixed it. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm your go-to guy, man. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's the, with the previous UK call? Um. I. Um, he's uh, the fellow was right about the um the calm brook fight. The closer we're getting to it, the more buzz there is because yeah, it's one of those. It's like, yeah. I, I have to admit, I was I was having a word with myself for like whether or not I was going to buy it or not, but then I'm like. No, because it should have happened fucking years ago. Because, um, but on, you know, I understand in a way of the fight being made now. And obviously, maybe you could argue that Khan instigated it or for that matter of time into some shit like that. Do you know what I mean? Because if you go back, look at the historic run up to this match, he was constantly moving the goalpost. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, um, oh, Cog, um, Kel needs to win a world title. He did exactly that, but nah, he didn't. <laughs> but um, he still didn't want to know, kind of thing. You know what I mean? And 
and it's almost like uh, Kelvin chasing after this for almost his entire career, but that's finally here. You know what I mean? And they're both compromised. Obviously, um, Kel was the um, you know with his metal face, and yeah. uh, uh, Khan with his um, you know fine china chin. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, uh, one of those fights. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a good fight. But I'm going to give it a pass, I think, because I feel because I'm, I want to be more like um, critical when it comes to a pay per view, basically, because I'm one of those that does pay for fights and I pay for my subscription. And if I don't think it's worth it, I'm not going to buy it. You know what I mean? So it's on Sky Box Office over there, right? Yes, that's right, Sky Box Office. So and, 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 um, and, and you have to pay for yeah. a Sky subscription on top of that, correct? That's right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm paying yeah. for Sky, and then um, yeah, so I'm paying for Sky. How many pounds is your Sky membership per year? Would you say? Oh Jesus Christ on the bike! Um, <laughs> I'm wait, wait, I'm with another provider um, called uh, Virgin because you got Sky and you got Virgin. Okay. So, okay. So um, I pay for Sky. I pay an additional for Sky Sports. So Sky Sports is like an additional fifty, sixty quid per month. Oh really? You know what I mean? But uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so like um, very recently, I've got rid of the Sky because it's it's, it's it's fucking. It's, it's That's a lot because Sky have got yeah, but, but Sky have got like um the Premiership, you know, soccer over there. You know what I mean? Um, got the Premiership footy, um, German football, Spanish, you know, Spanish football. Do you know what I mean? So it's like okay, if you if you're a soccer fan, you're one Sky. If you're got the golf cricket all all like the major sports are all on sky so you're paying so you're kind of getting your money's worth in a way do you know what i mean but you have okay. to pay extra yeah which is a bit of a pain in the ass yeah, yeah. i didn't realize um, that yeah yeah um but i, I do think that um, it's going to be a good fight it's going to be a good fight and um yeah i'll just wait for it to uh when uh, sky sports put it on youtube on their sky sports channel i'll just watch it then so i'm good there I don't blame you, man. I, I don't blame you one bit. Um, the pay-per-views are out of control. At least with yeah. this matchup, it's it's two guys that you know don't like each other, and I think you're going to get a hell of a, a fight. But um, yep. if I don't blame you one bit if you don't feel like paying for this. I really don't. Yeah, man. It's like a, I'll tell you something that it's like, um, I don't know if the, if the Americans, the U.S. fans of. This shit runs deep, mate. They fucking hate each other, man. I'm telling you, this this runs deep, man. This one genuine bad blood, like fucking um, Hatfield McCoy type shit. This yeah. is not good. <laughs> yeah, like absolutely. So, yeah. Another thing I wanted to um, mention as well. It's like um, I've um, I think I've achieved achieved my uh, personal badge. I got um, got called a June on um, Twitter for an opinion over the Haney fight. You got called yeah. what? I've, I've got yeah, yeah, the old the old coon thing. You know, really? That once there, oh like, no! Yeah. Oh yeah. Jesus! And I'm like, mm. so I had, so I had a, so I had a bit of fun <laughs> with it, and I'm like, well, um, so I'm like, if I'm being, if, if my comments on the coon review, it's like, um, so you just let me know if so I can put some time off work, some, like, <laughs> legal representation or something. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, can't and, believe um, people yeah. use that kind of language so freely. And I guarantee yeah. you this person would not say that to your face. <laughs> guarantee you. No, definitely not. No, no. And it was purely for the fact that um, I talked about um, the Haley Combo, so some Loma love fight triangle thing going on and like how 
from what I have seen and what I have heard from different channels and different sources that I've read and like watched, the Hangley side is somewhat reluctant to getting it done. Yes. Basically. And after what you've said earlier during this episode as well, I feel it's justified as well, you know. And um, so I've said that, and uh, yeah, and that's that's what led to that uh, comment being made. So I'm like, okay, all right then. But I'm gonna. Don't you just love Twitter? It because yeah, seriously. Like I said before, like I've called in the fucking cesspool. But you know what, man? It's, it's good to get dirty sometimes, you know. But uh, just what it is. It just is what it is. But um, I do feel that. Um, it just seems like this generation of young fighters and this generation of boxing right now is going to be very quickly forgotten because it's going to be remembered for the fight we did not have and the sport suffers for it. I mean, all the shenanigans from all the promoters most definitely have played a part, but we should have got Spence Crawford. They should have fought at least twice. We should have got AJ and uh, Wilder. We sh- I mean, both types of fights. We should have seen the Chocolatito of Stardust trilogy. Yes. You know what I mean? It, it, these things should have happened. There's no other sport that I can think of where you have people actively telling you why this fight should not happen. That's total, utter bullshit. It really, really is. And it's, it, it, yeah. And um, it's just all p- problematic. And I think uh, back in the 80s and 90s and whatnot, like I said, but it's not as. So oversaturated the market and overpaying fighters, it was easier to just cross brand and just just get fights done. That's what the fans want. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. just, just get it done. I want to I want to see like um, Stephen Fulton take on the best from from top rank and match room and yeah, I want, and all that kind. Of, that's what that's that's what it is, and that kind of thing will revive. I feel. The American market give the fans what they want. Do you know what I mean? We should have tank, tank fighting Devin, tank fighting Ryan Garcia. Do you know what I mean? You know, yeah. And that's what that's that's what needs to happen. It really, really does because this whole on the same side of the street thing. Can you imagine fucking Hagler and Hunt Hearn saying, "Oh, you got to come to my side of the street"? Oh God! Is that? Do you know what I mean? It would. It wouldn't. It, here's the thing. Here's the difference, Nigel. Like, like in. In that era, the fans would have held them accountable if they tried to pull that shit, especially the guys yeah. in their neighborhood. Okay. I'm from Detroit. Hearns is a Detroit guy. I can tell you because I know some of those guys he was hanging with. If he came back to the neighborhood and said, man, he's got to come to this side of the street, he's got to do this, he's got to, they, they'd punk Hearns. His own, his own community would hold him accountable and say, that ain't cool. Fuck that. You need to fight him. Yeah. Now these guys on yeah. Twitter, they're Captain Save a Ho. They, they they protect these yes, guys. They are. Right? Yeah. So, so yeah. That's that's what it is. Yeah, it's in, it's completely insane. It's like um when I heard when people are really upset about how Charlo was like it's likely now not to be fighting Canelo, I was like, Cool, he can fight Benavides, he can fight Plant. There are other options out there. Yep. Cool. Maybe Benavides could like um, take his ass up to fucking uh, light, light, light heavy where it's supposed to be, without Mister Sampson saying he needs more money to fight Andre. That kind of bullshit, you know? Yeah, that and, whole thing. Um, Ugh. That's another one. People are like, is. "Oh, well, he offered this. He offered that." Just shut up. Were you in the room? Do you know? Yeah. Stop. 
Exactly, yeah. And I don't profess to be like um, some sort of expert, but I've been watching the sport since I'm 11 years old, so I've seen the different eras and the different fights and stuff like that. And why these fans are trying to defend the fighters when I hold them to a high standard. If you have a world title, right, I expect you to act like a champion. You take on all comers and win, lose or draw, depending on how you carry yourself in the ring, sometimes out, well, in the ring, I'm a fan for life. Right, do you know what I mean? That's yeah. how I approach it. So when I think with regards to like the likes of um Haney, who's you know, he's he's earned his stripes a little bit. He has fight Jojo Diaz, has fought um uh Linares this fight. He's had a better resume than most of the young up and comers in the yeah. lightweight division, you know? I so, agree yeah. with that. So yeah, but he still but they still need to earn their stripes. You can't tell me they're a, they're a fucking star. I know. No. I will tell you a star when I buy their pay per view. That's their indication. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's it. They, they got. They got. That's it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Because it. Because it, I want it to work. I want every. You know. I want. Like I said, the sport is global now. There should be no issue with American fighter going to Australia or whatever country. And though, and though it has happened recently with Jacobs coming over to the UK and stuff like that, it should be more regular. And some um, some certain US fans are complaining about how American fighters are getting screwed when they go abroad. But like, how do you how do you think like British and European and Mexican fighters feel when they go to do Vegas in, yeah. and they're all do like two or three frowns down? Do you know what I mean? It's yes. like everyone's got to take a bite of the everyone's got to take a bite of the shit sandwich. You know what I mean? So it's a global sport. That is. <laughs> I, yeah. There's a narrative in American boxing media that still persists where they say, I hate to go here, but it's, it's, it's what other people say. They say, well, Canelo's ducking black American fighters or something. And it's like, well, at super middleweight, who are the black American fight? The best fighters at that weight just happen to be British guys. One of them's a, a Mexican American uh, in some divisions, like 154, it is black American fighters. Mm. You, you know what I'm saying? Or, or 147. Yeah. But but in some divisions, mm. it's it's a it might be a Japanese fighter, it might be an Eastern European fighter, it might be an Australian fighter. Mm. So sometimes you gotta get on a plane and you gotta go over there to that side of the world and fight those yeah. guys over there. Like I, I, the mentality has to change. But let me ask you this: Yeah, for American boxing to get back where it was, do one or more of these platforms need to fail? so that we get more consolidation because you talk about the seventies and eighties, there was only two promoters. It was Bob Arum and Don King. That was it. Those are the two powerhouses. And that was it. I'm going to say yes. And surprise, surprise of who do you think I would choose? (laughs) That will fail. We won't go there, but um, we won't go there. No. Yeah. But um, maybe that is the case. Because I can believe when you mentioned that story about um, that uh, fighter, fighter from a uh, PBC stable. Okay, I've already said it up, but, but anyway, <laughs> I'm that okay, and um, not, not not be able to like you know with regards to the issue with the contract and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. you think how many fighters are in that position? It's terrible because yes. end of the day, that's their livelihood. Do you know what I mean? I would. Yeah, it's not all about the big stars and like you know what I mean. It's, these guys they've got almost 200 fighters there's a a few dozen that you hear of there's a hundred plus that you don't hear a lot about and that's that's the reality yeah exactly yeah so um 
it's a damn shame. But maybe that's the case. Maybe that's the good. Maybe that needs to happen. Maybe it does because we, as fans, work. We get it's it's a. We've got some. Ge- we have we have we have we have had some gems these past like ten fifteen years. We have. You know what I mean? It's a really mm-hmm. good fight, but nowhere near the amount that we really should be getting because yeah, because I mean, if, if, I mean, Javante Davis, for example, if he was to like fight and he lost his next fight, you know, that may be the making of him. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like it's not all about protecting that. Oh, do you know what I mean? You, you need to evolve and develop. You know what I mean? It's not all about protecting your own. Hey, man. It's protecting your own. Yeah, fight shit. Ray Leonard lost. Know? Thomas Hearns lost. Those guys lost. They haven't paid for a fucking meal since they retired. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, yeah. Those guys are heroes, and they're beloved. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We can still recall fights, and they were talking like 30, 40 years ago. And like you say, the, they are revered by all people, all races, all yes. de- uh, different age demographics, all of it, because of what they did in the ring. And Thomas Hearns was like one of my heroes it. growing up. In Detroit, him, oh, yeah. Isaiah Thomas with the Detroit Pistons, but then um, Thomas Hearns, he was one of my heroes and the whole city was yeah. behind him. Um, it didn't matter that he lost fights, uh, but if he doesn't fight Duran, Leonard, uh, Hagler and other guys, you know, there's other good fighters he fought in between mm. all those. But if he doesn't take those fights, yeah. we don't know who he is, you know? Yeah. Exactly. That, that, that's the thing, man. You know what I mean? And like I said, in that tweet, watch this, is that uh, comment, like, you got to pay the cost to be the boss. Yes. And that's something that they, you know, that is, you know, that is not the case at all. Not at all, but cause there's still some, there's, there's still some hungry ones out there, you know? So of course. It still helps some hope, but not much. Yeah. I'm yeah. with you, man. Um, uh, I'm going to let you go because I need another beer. All right. Have a great weekend, brother. You take care, man. Thank you again, bro. All right. Bye. All right, guys. I've been showing now. I was talking to Nigel. um, Just video here of Mungia. So this is being reported of him collapsing. Yeah, as you can see, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but he clearly doesn't look good, right? He doesn't. I wouldn't call this collapsing. When I think of collapsing, I think of somebody fainting, falling down, losing consciousness. That's not what this is. But he clearly was. Now, look, I don't know about this venue. Was there issues? Was it hot in there? Was there no AC? I, I don't know. But um, he doesn't look good. All right, let's take one more call, guys. Then we're going to wrap this up. I think we got Jack here on the line. What's up, Jack? How you doing, man? Uh, no, this is Patrick Bateman. And uh, I just have, I have one question. How do I tell my 13-year-old daughter that she doesn't have body dysmorphia? She's just fat and ugly. (laughs) (laughs) I'll joke aside. I just wanted to do my basement impression. That wasn't bad. I'm going to give you three stars on that. That wasn't bad, Jack. That wasn't bad. Really? (laughs) I'm actually kind of sick right now, so my voice is a a bit like raspy. Yeah, you sound a little uh, nasally. A little nasally. Yeah, there's a funny account on TikTok who does basement impressions and just like stupid stuff like, uh, what kind of music do 18 to 19 year old e girls listen to? I'm 24 <laughs> and I want to manipulate women. <laughs> it's just like, just good stuff. But uh, I appreciate you taking the call. 
And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about uh, one fight. I don't know if you've been talking about it because I just got done working. Uh, have you talked about Edgar Berlanga and Steve Rolls? No, no, I have not talked about that one. But, yeah, kind of obscure, but I think that's going to be a good one, dude. I, I, Berlanga should win that fight. I, he should. But who knows? Maybe Rolls will put up a better fight than is expected. No, dude, he's actually like a good fighter. I know, not because Triple D fought him, but he had a lot of success against Triple D. Like he snapped Triple D's head back, was having success for four rounds, and Edgar Berlanga like almost lost his last fight. And he got dropped too. Yeah, you're right. He did get dropped in that fight. I forgot about that. Huh. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I, yeah I'm looking at rolls here. The problem with Rolls, man, I, I just he he had, he's only had one fight against one guy, and that was Golovkin in the first big shot. But that was Golovkin. I mean, come on, um, I'm with you. Yeah, Golovkin way harder than Berlanga. Um, I don't really rate Berlanga. They call him the monster, uh, and I'm like, bro, that's in a way. That ain't that ain't you. That's in a way. Yeah, uh, Berlanga. <laughs> but, the, the hype was a yeah, little little over the top. Yeah, for real. And I wanted to ask you, because, dude, just re-watching Kell Brook pre-Triple D, I mentioned this before. Dude, he was so good. Like, yes. who do you think would win? Prime Terrence Crawford or prime Kell Brook pre-Triple D? Bro, I might even take Kell Brook. I would, I would still take Crawford, but that probably – no, actually, no probably about it. That would have been Crawford's toughest fight, and it would have been, like, seven rounds to five. It, it, Crawford may have even been dropped in that fight. Like, that's how good Brooke was. And you know what? If Brooke had won, I wouldn't have been surprised. But I would have favored Crawford, like, 115-113, something like that. Dude, it's just a shame. It's honestly a shame just what happened to his career. Like, he – dude, his chin, by the way, excluding his, like, eyes and stuff, his chin is A-plus, like Kel Brooks is. He mm. has an A-plus level chin. Yeah. And uh, his boxing skills are incredible. Like just the way he slightly moves and he's so calm, it's incredible. But um, are those fights, the Canelo fights, were they officially like announced, like Bibble Canelo? No. No, it's nothing's official yet. Yeah. No. Yeah, you know what cap means, right? Cap. Cap. No. Cap, like C A P. You don't know what cap, it's like. It's like a lie. Like so, you hear Mike Toppinger on uh say a bunch of stuff and everyone calls him mike cappinger oh <laughs> i'm surprised you don't know that i i, I maybe i do know it's just not a word i use i don't know cap yeah yeah cap yeah kind of new generational thing yeah but, okay um, yeah. <laughs> yeah triple c started posting um like he's back in training camp and as much as i like love him Dude, if a fighter is, like, inactive for more than 16 months, that, that's, like, where I cut the line up. I don't think they should be in the rankings anymore. What do you think? Do you think there's, like, a certain amount of time, like, where you can take them off? It depends. Like, inactivity? What do you think? It depends on the fighter. You know, like, like some guys, like Gary Russell. Uh, Gary Russell, two years was too much. But I, I, I would normally say, like, a year. But some guys, as they get older, the time off does them good. So Golovkin, you know, he had a tough, two tough fights with Canelo, really tough fight with Derevyanchenko. Maybe this time off has done him some good. We'll, we'll know soon because he's going to fight Murata in April probably. But, um, 
yeah, I think it, it's tough after a year, man. That's really tough. And one more thing. Uh, I don't know much about this. Con- uh, dude, I was thinking about Oscar Valdez for some reason. I almost said Concicao. Uh, con- <laughs> Concicao. Concicao. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it was about a fight this weekend. Oh, yeah. Hyman Munguia's fight. Uh, is this other guy? Do you know much about him? No, I don't. His resume is shit. The only thing I, I, I pulled up his record earlier, he's um, he fights out of Costa Rica and most of his fights have been there. So this is his first fight kind of out of that region. And he's definitely being brought in as, as an opponent. Uh, a lot, most of his opponents are not even like one star on box rec. That lets you know the level of his resume. Is he undefeated? Yeah, he is undefeated. You know, I know this may sound silly, but dude, those undefeated guys, you just still got to be careful with them. Like the oh, yeah. Otto Wallin versus Tyson. I agree. Yeah, the undefeated guys, you gotta be careful with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100. Uh, yeah, but, I agree uh, with that. All right, man. It's the weekend. I'm happy. I'm excited. Got a bunch of good fights to look forward to. And yeah. I'm glad I was able to jump in at the end here. All right, man. Enjoy the fights, brother. Have a great weekend, Jack. You too, man. Take it easy. All right, peace. All right, guys. Uh, Rolls Rod in the chat says, uh, mythical wet dream matchup, Munguia versus Benavidez at 168 if Munguia can pull this off. Man, Benavidez, I think, would just be too big for him. I, I just, mm, size matters. But I don't know. Munguia is probably faster. Actually, definitely faster. So that you know, may be interesting. But I'll tell you something about Munguia. There's certain things I don't want to say on the record that I know about him and some of his health background, but uh, that guy fought at 154 way too long. And then his team is not cutting weight the right way, in my personal opinion, uh, because he should be able to make 160. It's still going to be a struggle, but making 154 as long as he did may have just killed the kid. Seriously. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, enjoy the Friday wrap up. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and enjoy the fights and we'll talk about it. We'll chop it all up Monday on the neutral corner. All right, guys, great calls. Thanks for all the super chats and all the great commentary. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. Peace.